Our next guest on the Mind For You podcast, he calls himself a coach. I met Coach Ron a few months back at a Staples store out in the Silicon Valley, and he was helping me understand the computer in order to get it to create a label. And as we as we chatted, all of a sudden there was a realization that I'm chatting to someone who is definitely walking on the mindfulness path. And not only is Ron walking on the mindfulness path, not only is Ron talking on the mindfulness path, Ron also is a teacher, is a coach, who is coaching other people to walk on that mindfulness path. And one of the gifts that Ron that Ron has is that he has been blessed with an, with a realization, not just reading about mindfulness and meditation and spirituality, but an experience of mindfulness being touched by divine, by divine energy. And then to be able to take that experience, that abstract metaphysical experience, and then be able to articulate it in a way that other people can understand and have greater clarity on how they too can walk the mindfulness path. So it is with joy in my heart that I welcome Coach Ron to the Mindful You podcast. Coach Ron, welcome to the Mindful You podcast. It's, a, it's exciting Thanks, to have you on the podcast. And when I met Thanks, you sir. in Los Gatos several months ago, there was a spark. There was a spark between what you said and what I said. And what I want to be able to do is add more kindling to the spark to create a flame, yes, sir. flame of light, a flame of light yes, that sir. not only permeates the, the, the individual experience of a of, of person, but also permeates the organizational structures that we have as yes, humans, sir. for example, the corporations. And you had mentioned a little bit yes. about the the spirituality in the corporate world or the need for more of that spirituality in the corporate world. And I call that mindfulness, spirituality. And before we go into the that particular path, would like just to have our audience hear a little bit about your path, about what ignited the spark in you, which now burns like a, a burning bush, a, a bright light yes, sir. in the universe. Well, thank you again for having me. I'm honored to be here. The um, 
my, my history dates back all the way till I was 22 years old, Alan, where uh, I was heavy into the party scene, drug use, um, did jail time. I mean, anything uh, a young boy who has no real strong governances on his life could go, I went, <laughs> which I'm a big advocate of boundaries now and principles um, that that I, I didn't even know existed. I mean, we were just living life vicariously, so much so it cost me not one, but three near-death experiences. And uh, I remember one evening I had come down with the chicken pox in the third grade and my fever had hit scarlet fever level, which for our listeners, that's, uh, that's 103, 104. They say 104, you begin to fry up, 105. And my mother at the time, who was not an overly spiritual person, but was a devout Catholic, you know, I, I say that I'm a Catholic in recovery, you know, because religion never bode well for me at all. But Understood. that night, um, that night, um, she brought in the nuns. Yeah, that's all she knew how to do because her little boy in the third grade, which was the love of her life, was dying. And um, they didn't know how to stop it. I mean, at one point, Alan, my father could not lift me up under my arms because the chicken pox was so bad that it would scald me, scalding, burning my flesh if he tried to touch me. So they had to use a cold, crisp cotton sheet to help lift me up to get me into the baths where I would soak. I mean, at one point she said, we had thought that maybe you had a form of leprosy. And I, I don't remember all the details of that. But I do remember just asking God to take my life. You bet. It was at that moment that the transition began. And um, you fast forward now, you know, till I'm 22, having gone up and down and being confused, no direction, but all, but having this near death experience led to my second one, which was a fatal car accident where I crossed over. And you know how people say that they've seen the light, you know, I didn't just see the light. I saw Jesus face to face. I mean, when people ask me to articulate what it was to look into the face of Jesus, and, and we have all these religions that have soured that name. I mean, in the Western culture, Jesus Christ is a cuss word. Uh, none of my Buddhist friends have Buddha as a cuss word, you know, just Jesus. And, and I thought, man, the guy's been really given a bad rap. And actually, he just was the most warming, loving entity of light that all of us are crying out for. And I saw him and I've seen him twice since then. And... Um, so much so that it impacted me right I, I thought i should become a catholic priest uh-huh and so the funny story was i enroll in the priesthood and two boys show up at this massive retreat long story short the priest tells me all his problems alan on one walk one morning <laughs> and actually detours me from becoming a priest <laughs> but you know when you have encounters like this and they're happening more and more often the, the spiritual realm is so powerful. Um, and then fast forward into coaching companies, you know, you're, you're talking to, to high level individuals who are actually having these same encounters, but they don't know how to articulate them. They, they're too afraid or embarrassed or pride or people are going to think you're crazy or, you know, and, and not just the light, the demonic side too. I mean, I hear people talking about they saw a black-hatted figure standing in the hallway repetitively over and over again. So this, this began to fascinate me. 
And I began a deep, exhaustive study over the last 25 years into the Word of God, into the Holy Bible. And also, hey, I got to admit, I started at the East-West bookstores, uh, had some psychic readings in the beginning. I mean, when you're touched like that, you don't just say everything else is obsolete. Your mind opens up to a whole plethora of, 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 of knowledge seeking where you need to grab a hold of what happened. Because if you don't, then you really have no portal of destiny, which I call. In other words, you know the trajectory now you should be on. And I encourage people always to seek. But at the end of the day, Jesus is Lord. In my heart, Alan locks stock and barrel. Everything that I teach and everything that I do comes from a spirit of love, which was the main difference I was noticing amongst a lot of different ecumenical circles, if you will, that that behavioral trait of like how we met, you know, in fact, I think you needed a little help with something that you were doing. And right. that's what started the conversation. That's right. I, I said, well, here, let me let me offer some some kindness, which is something I think the world needs a lot of. And by the way, I'm still a work in progress. But <laughs> that that began the journey, right, of of di- deep diving. Now, I pivoted early on. Um, early on in my career, because I always had a call to be in health and fitness. So, you know, right around 22, after I got touched, I had the Bible in one hand, and then I had the strength and conditioning journals in the other hand. So I was completely perplexed on which direction of which path I should take. The power of mentorship, the power of coaches like you, Alan, I meet a woman who tells me, why can't you do both? And that began my spiritual journey of not becoming a priest because God knows I wanted to be married. Better to marry than to burn. And this boy was burning. (laughs) And uh, I said, you know, I think I can do both. And I did. My career started me off all the way, went up to the NFL where I started coaching pro athletes, got my license in strength and conditioning. And then one um, one of the NFL athletes asked me to help him with his money. And I didn't have any money. I mean, I had done well, but not not millions well. And uh, it was just a very precious relationship. He was also a, a Christian brother. So we had this commonality. Of course, pro sports are filled with a bunch of spiritual guys who have very little direction. And um, that's what started the business career. So I have a little, little saying is I went all the way from the weight room to the boardroom, you know, because I found a niche. And that niche was executive counsel. Lee Confidant is the name of my company. I became a confidant, a private confidant to some of the most powerful people in the world. And now here I am 25 years later, living my dream, running my own companies, speaking all over the world, authoring books, and the light is still with me. So I pray it never leaves. (laughs) That's a wonderful, wonderful story. Coach Ron, that's very, very uh, illuminating is is a word to describe it. It's like being touched by the light and allow the light to transmit through you. And in the the Course of Miracles, which I think that you're familiar with, we might have mentioned on uh, in Los Gatos, talks about the... Oh, yeah, Marianne Williamson. In fact, we just met at a party and she asked me to endorse her for the presidency. I, I, I didn't know what to say, Alan. I was so honored. But yes, I, and in fact, I brought up her book and she looked at me like it's been 30 years since, right? 
20 been a years while. since that book came out? Been a while. 70s. Yeah. It was the 70s, I think. It first first came out. Yes, sir. Almost 50 years. And, and wow. one of the sayings is that you remind me of is, God cannot do for you what God cannot do through you. And to Beautiful. allow yourself to have the audacity to claim to be mm-hmm. a spokesperson for the Lord, a spokesperson for mindfulness, wow. a spokesperson for the Holy Spirit, and to be able to have that 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 clear. It's not it's not yes. It's not faking it. It's clear, experiential, in my body, kind of in this moment, and to be able to illuminate the the darkness. Yes, sir. Um, and yes. so we talked about corporations. And corporate folks uh, yes. have a, a tremendous opportunity uh, to be able to use the organizations to disseminate, I'll call it the light, uh, why, they, yes, why they're doing the business. And I'm wondering yes. what you do to uncork that bottle of spirituality in the corporate boardrooms. Well, it's a very powerful question. I think deep within that we have to remember these are natural people living supernatural lives. I always tell people that. I said, you know, you live a very supernatural life. You just don't realize it yet. I said, the mere fact that you exist out of all the sperm that went into that egg, the millions that had the opportunity to penetrate, here you are with a template. And that template starts with a DNA strand. I said, make no mistake about it. There's no mistake in you. Even to the aborted, uh, to the child who was almost aborted, you know, the, there's no mistake because you you feel like you were born out of wedlock. There's no mistake. And I've learned this through the path of God's un, unconditional love, Alan, which is a vital force that mankind is looking for. Yet here's the beautiful part about it. We don't need to have that mastered in order to give it. We give traces of it. Say that Kindness, again. Say like that again, we Ron. We, we give traces of it. We give traces of this unconditional love, which is love is patient, love is kind. It's not jealous, angry, boastful, proud, or rude. I mean, look, the template is set. You just got to read the manuscript. You know, 1 Corinthians 13 is very clear on really what love is. And I had a major wake-up call behaviorally around the spirit of um, arrogance, conceit, pride, which are all spiritual matters. These are behavioral traits, but man, they're wit down into the gut or the soul of man, which the soul, as you know, Alan, is mind, will, and emotions. Mind, will, and emotions is the soul. A lot of spiritual people get this confused. Uh, then again, my, my manuscript is, you know, we swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Lock, stock, and barrel, that Bible. And it's very clear about it. The soul is different than the spirit, and the spirit is different than the body. We, I like to say we are spiritual people having an earthly experience, not earthly people having spiritual experiences. Yep. Yes, sir. Let that sink in for a second. Yeah. You know, I'm a spiritual being on the earth having an earthly experience. How do I facilitate that? And the business side is very, very important because the higher of a spiritual person you are, the more of a mandate you have to bring resources into the earth. I believe that. I'm convinced of it. I think wealth has been misappropriated in the hands of corrupt people. And here are these sweet, gentle people like yourself who are doing well for yourself, but we have the ability to do even better, Alan. 
we have the ability to to reach new economical spheres that we never dreamed of. And it's important that we remind ourselves of these. When I begin to talk like this, I attract the business sector because their language is all about remuneration. How can we be compensated? How can we get an ROI? And when they pull me in to do that, I recenter them and realign them to say, talk to me about what the real power is behind what you're trying to do. And when you peel back those layers, you see more good than bad. At least I do. I don't see, I don't see, I don't see the darkness too much anymore. And that's because light, light does attract light, light does attract darkness as well. But when you're really an advocate of championing light, you will reciprocate. We call it the law of reciprocity, right? The, the law of sowing and reaping. Uh, we, you know, we see this through the whole movement of the secret. They actually took Galatians 4 and they opened it up to a level. I tell the church world, don't, 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 don't get upset at these people. Don't, don't, they, they took what God created and actually did something with it. And this is where my boost comes in to say, get off your spiritual high horse and let's get to work. Let's put the spiritual power to use. And that's what I'm doing day to day. Wow. As you were talking, go on. If that makes sense, you know. Yes. As you were, as you were talking, I, I think of a, a word called the Holy Spirit. And yes, sir. I think of the Apostles' Creed. I think yes, of the, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in yes. the forgiveness of sin. I find oh, that beautiful. when you start talking about, I believe in the Holy Spirit, you're saying there's something beyond the physical. And when yes, you sir. say, I believe in the forgiveness of sin, to me, that's a pathway to the Holy Spirit. And the pathway yes, to the sir. Holy Spirit is the doorway to salvation. And so yes, my, my question that I'm formulating is, my background is transpersonal psychology. And transpersonal yes, psychology focuses on the, the egoic being, the, the, the egoic identity, which is, I would say, source of suffering, and transform mm. that into the being identity, which would be no resistance to what is. Um, and when you get to no resistance to what is, then then that's love. Love is unconditional space. There's no resistance to what you have to say. And if I have resistance, it stirs up the thoughts. Yes. And when the thoughts get stirred up, it, it parallels my identity. And so how do mm-hmm. you sail through that, that island of uh, egoic identity and have people mm-hmm. realize that they're not that they're much more the Holy Spirit, which is the mindfulness and beingness of the of of, of the God God being. I'm not sure even how to say yes. it. How how do you how do you get that wrath from one place to the other? Very very powerful question and beautiful of of background with you, Alan. I didn't know that. That's. Those words you're using about identification of suffering and the component to parallel unconditional love is a very, very powerful Christian aptitude, which most people do not understand. And that is Christ, yet while we were yet sinners, corrupt, yet died for us in that he became the appropriation of sin to appropriate justification for a man and woman who knew him not. 
Yet before we even knew him, he loved us and gave his life for us as a ransom. And when you he- then you use the word redeemed to redeem us into, redemption is actually a financial term, right? We to, it means re means before, deem to buy back. So someone had to buy us back. This is what I didn't catch early on in those Christian years. It was always religion is about conformity. If you don't do this, boy, you're going to hell. And I mean, it was horrible, horrible. Who would ever want to serve God with this condemnation spirit behind it? So in answer to your question, the bridge is understanding when you hear him knocking, harden not your heart. And that is the pivotal moment, Alan, where we either induce pride and say, no, it's really not him, or we humble ourselves to the probability of God calling. I always tell great and powerful leaders that are seeking the face of God, well, Ron, you hear from God. It's easy for you. It's not that it's easy. It's developed it's, it's learning to yield to the Holy Spirit. It's like, what was God's voice? What was Ron's voice? And in that yielding is a constant state of humility, which is the, per, per, the correct uh, understanding of what humility is. It's not genuflecting before an altar and making the sign. Beautiful that you do that. Or, you know, hands together and we bow in, in martial arts. Or here, you know, we, we use the word uh, peace, peace, you know, uh, uh, namaste, namaste. And th- those are elements of humility. But the real root of humility is saying, I don't know everything. And there could be something more. And it's right at that moment when you hear him knocking, you hear broadcasts like this, He's knocking. He's calling us back to say, just accept. Don't resist. And Alan, I think it's in that moment that the human psyche then begins to move into a new space of neurological adaptation. There's a fancy way of saying your brain begins to fire. Synoptic connections that you even, you know, we got 100 billion of these things. I wrote it about it in my book. So where are they refiring and rewiring? You know, they're either rewiring to more labor and hustle, which, by the way, I hate that word hustle, or it's rewiring to more of a conscientiousness, higher state of consciousness to where we are more in a state of bliss, calm, and as the Holy Spirit would say, peace, internal peace. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah. The transition, sum that up, is humility. I, I believe. That's, that's my belief. Got it. Yeah. The, uh, uh, I find that uh, in the, in, and I'm, my knowledge of the Bible is this, your knowledge is like that. So, but I know a little. <laughs> I know a little because as a Boy Scout, you have to get uh, the Purple Heart. And the Purple Heart wow. is the Christian, mer- it's a Christian medal. And part of the Purple yes, Heart sir. was to memorize some of the key yes, passages of, from the Bible. And you do it, you yes, know, sir. yeah, 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 yeah. However, I went back, and I start to look at those passages. Here I am in my 70s. And, Beautiful. And the last night, 23rd Psalm. Uh, yes, sir. Me, uh, uh, maketh me to lie down in green pastures, leadeth Beautiful. me beside the still waters. 
And I said, okay, what does that mean? I went into the method. It, it has to do with coming to rest and allowing the Lord God to take care of you. And for yes, me, sir. that means surrender. And when you talk about yes, humility, sir. you talk about the ego. You talk about the ego. Yes. What the ego does not do is surrender. Yes. The ego is yes. defending its point of view, not surrendering its point of view. And for me to surrender my point of view would be, I describe it as it, it, in A Course of Miracles, it talks about if I, why can't I surrender my point of view? And they say it, it entails yes. an unfair sacrifice of my righteous wrath. And somehow, I, I believe, and I believe you believe it, that, that we have to get beyond the ego which is self-centered, yeah. to get to the being or the Holy Spirit or the mindfulness state of consciousness, which is which is centered on the we're all together. I am it yes. all. I am that love that you're talking about. Yes. Yes. Very good point. In fact, the Bible alludes to that, that we're all one body. And so it's important for us to recognize that there's something bigger going on here. So how I like to have these discussions now in this postmodern world era is like, okay, let's just put all the swords on the table and just really talk about what's the ultimate need here. I mean, me being a cognitive behavioral expert, you know, my, my, one of my tech companies helps people understand cognitive uh, emotional intelligence. So we're all governed by the same 24 behavioral traits conscientiousness, ambition, endurance, self-confidence, composure, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, we all have families. We all bleed crimson. We all cry. We all have emotions. We all want to be loved. And I find that in business, probably the number one request I get is, how do I stay at peace? I'm believing for millions of dollars on my bottom line. My guts are at a mess. My blood pressure is high. My cholesterol is high. The body is sending these signals. And so, so when I say put all the swords on the table, let's not talk dogma as much as we talk, how do we handle life's vicissitudes? How do we better ourselves to help you be better? How can I better me so I can obviously help you. And it may not be through counsel or coaching or a therapist or people like in our trade, but having a calm disposition, mm -hmm. knowing that the power of God Almighty and the integrity of his word can support me yep. when I have no way out yep. is unbelievably phenomenal. It's phenomenal, Alan. Yep. And we do this in business. We call them covenant agreements. We sign contracts. Well, I always joke with my Jewish friends. I had a great Jewish attorney for many years. And I, you know, right when we met, you know, I told him, you believe in Jehovah? He goes, oh, yeah, we've served him for years. He goes, he's a wealthy God. That's why every Jew that I meet is wealthy. It's unbelievable. Why? You know, when you really talk to them, a lot of them have dogma, but there's another side that they, they don't even, it's just part of their DNA. They say, well, if it's in red, it's what he said. You know, they kind of, they kind of have this little chip, like, wait a minute, what do you mean? Well, he said, God's a God of integrity. They put it down in 66 books. He wrote it down. New Testament is the, the new contract. And I go, wow, it's a contract. And, you know, I, I like to do my Italian voice. You know, I think God made me an offer I couldn't refuse. You know, sure. when he came to me, he goes, I'll put it in black and white. 
I'll, I'll write it down, lock, stock, and barrel. And for a guy like me who didn't grow up with those, like a governor, you got to have a governor in your life. You've got to have a series of instruments around you because if you don't, you'll be easily persuaded in your move. So, so I took the Bible as a instrument and a contract. And I said, well, if you put it in black and white, I'm looking to be a man of integrity. I never had that. Still working on it. I want to be a man of my word. And I found that God is the God of the word. He is the word made flesh, man. You cannot separate him. So when you start living your life from a place of someone's genuinely got my back, despite how I'm treated, despite how I treat others, just let me say this first, despite my behaviors or my sins, it's unconditional. It's at that point you are automatically humbled. It's overwhelming. You literally have nothing else to say, but praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's just an automatic. If that piece doesn't drop 12 inches from the head to your heart, it stays in information. It does not become revelation. And revelation is the key, Alan, to manifestation. We all know it's true. Because we didn't know the law of reciprocity until we had a revelation of it. You got to take the cash out of your pocket, go give it to someone else and watch it reciprocate coming back to you. Theory only takes you so far. Application, application is the principle of wisdom. The application of knowledge, Proverbs 4, is wisdom at its highest level. And as you begin to slowly apply just the right thinking, i.e., I'm open to this. All right, Lord, speak to, speak to me like you spoke to Ron. Speak to me like you spoke to Alan. It begins this new neurological adaptation where he's able to speak, and boy, he does it. You talked about practice and, and the need to reinforce and what yes, I'd like sir. to do before we complete today's podcast is I'd like you to imagine the audience is listening and what is a practice that they could do on a daily basis? Let's say five minutes, because that's part mm -hmm. of the problem with practices. Well, it takes you two hours. No, it ain't going to happen. Uh, but for five minutes, just to just to plant a seed and see if yes, they sir. can cultivate that seed over time that is sustainable. What, what would you suggest that they do in order to achieve that, that letting go state of humble uh, and also faith? It's, it's the faith that will, the Lord will take care of us. That's right. Um, that's a very, very powerful question. 30 years in practice out of my own personal stash that I'm doing now, and I wish someone would have told me this early on, it's found in Joshua 1.9. It's very clear. It's in black and white. It's the integrity of his word. He said, if, which the word if is, is a preposition. It means on the condition that. So this is strictly a measure of the human will. It's things that we can do. If you meditate on my word night and day, you will be prosperous in all you do. If you meditate on my word night and day. You will be prosperous in all you do. 
That word all really got me right between the eye because I said, well, God, you said all. He said, I sure did. And Alan, for the last couple years, not even, not even in the last 10, maybe in the last five, I never put meditation at the top of my list. But man, I'm walking my 13-year-old little boy through it now. I said, come on, baby, let's bow our head. And mm -hmm. find one scripture in the Bible. This is mm -hmm. a time-tested book. This is not mm -hmm. Coach Ron. I mean, we got a lot of books, but my books aren't nearly as good as the main book. Just go to the main book, and I always recommend start in Proverbs. Proverbs yep. is the wisdom of dealing with business or other people. And then Psalms, like you were reading from Psalm 23, Alan, is about dealing with ourselves, calming ourselves. And find one of them. For instance, my personal stash right now is Ephesians 1. You're going to love this one. Night and day, my, my little 13-year-old has it memorized. I says, Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's acknowledging God, right? You got the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yep. So it's acknowledging God. Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father of glory, give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Very key. So that the eyes of my heart are flooded with light, that I would come to know the hope of your calling please. And we go to sleep. Mm -hmm. We wake up in the morning. Father of glory, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you so that the eyes of my heart are flooded with light. Help me to be a blessing to all my clients today, my family, my children. Give me strength where I'm weak. And you know, man, I'm telling you, I have had two more encounters with him. Two more where I saw him face to face. And uh, one I put up on YouTube says Kardashian has encounter with Christ. I mean, man, this is this is this is a love message where he is. He, you know, Alan, all throughout history, all the way back to the Garden of Eden, God has always taken a man or a woman to work His method. I don't know why He does this. I, he could He could appear to the whole world all at once. Why does He take frail, little, flawed men like us? I'll say myself because I'm such a work in progress. And why does he take in perfect people and work his perfect plan? And for the life of me, I still don't know. But I'm constantly humbled, like you said, just take it, Ron, and just, just be humble about it and just keep going. I think that's the rub. And when we meditate, it keeps us in balance, keeps us in good balance. I find that the meditation is... Uh, one of the sayings that you have to go in to get out. If, if you want to escape from that prison of sin, we'll call it sin, that pr prison of suffering, uh, it's, it's, it's going inside and allowing yes, that sir. calmness through meditation to happen. So it begins, it begins, you, it begins to create mental stability, emotional stability. Beautiful. So when the events happen in the outer world, you, you don't react anymore. You're able to take a pause, take a breath. Can I keep myself relaxed and still operating the levers? What's going on in order to produce yes. the result? Or am I or am I agitated and defending my point of view? And you shouldn't do that. Nah, 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 nah. Well, your skill is going to be calm sailing. So I'm I'm excited to hear that you talk about meditation so much. So, Coach Ron, I want to yeah. I want to just you know thank you and give you a chance to say anything else you'd like to say, especially how we can contact you and what's the title of the book. Yes. And also, will all your contact information will be in the show notes. So all that information okay. you sent me 
Great. Well, thank you. I'd be honored to uh, assist in any of your listeners, whatever you need. We have a beautiful practice here in in Los, uh, in, in, in Silicon Valley. Los Gatos, we met, but we're right here in Silicon Valley, right down the street from Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all the biggest companies in the world. It's such an honor to live here. But I uh, just in closing notes, I want to make a comment about the sign that you have above your head here. My right, probably your left. It's the power of the pause. Which, Alan, I really commend you for saying that. In fact, I write about it in my book. Uh, Dr. Daniel Amen, of course, the, uh, the famous psychologist who wrote Change Your Brain, Change Your Body, he endorsed my book and did the entire forward. Uh, he said something very powerful alluding to the pause. And he said, if you put into practice Coach Ron's book, it'll help you develop new brain pathways that will enhance impulse control, focus, and forethought. And I was so honored that you had this PhD who would actually authenticate my, my thesis in 30 seconds. And it, to, to your point, that's all it takes to pause, to respond before you react. And I talk about in the book how right here in my neighborhood, a gentleman decided to react to incoming traffic and not wait. And Alan, he killed a little girl right down the street from where we were on impact because he did not hit his own internal pause button. And her, him and her daddy were crossing the street going to school and he killed the little girl. That man in one 30-second decision has three, let me repeat, three 30-year life sentences that all could have been avoided if we just had the tools. Thank you, Coach Ron. You're an inspiration. You're a gift to the world. And thank you for thank all you. that you do to reduce the suffering of we all feel and to bring us up and to allow us to have that experience of mindfulness and be closer to the Lord. Thank you, sir. And you thank as well. You. Thank you. God bless you, Alan. All right. Thank you for listening. And please catch us on the next great episode of the Mindful You podcast. And please share us with your friends and fellow travelers on the path.